1 Peter 3, 1 through 7. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves, by submitting to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you are her children, if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, so we got wives and husbands. We've moved from government to workplace to the household. So Peter's really systematically working his way through the different aspects of life. Once once again, I think it's really awesome just thinking about the sermons we've been hearing in the Life in Babylon series and uh, Habakkuk and sort of all this theme of exile we've been following. And Peter is through the lens of exile and sojourning speaking into the Christian life. Mm-hmm. And so we're we're talking about wives and husbands today and this you know economy of marriage which we see as an economy of respect, uh, mutual respect and honor and and uniqueness, you know. And so Greg, a couple guys sitting alone in a room talking about wives and husbands what could go wrong. <laughs> um no, but I, I do think that there's we, we have to check a lot of the like baggage and just mm-hmm. hear God's word for what it is and see the the deep beauty that's in these words, uh, which there's a lot of beauty. So what, what are your thoughts on the instruction that we see here for men and women? Uh, I think this is, um, this is particularly interesting to me as a single man um, because I'm looking at this theoretically since I, you know, don't know, I've never been in a marriage and, and sure. never experienced one, but I think it's, um, I think it's it, it's it's sort of the same theme we've been seeing hmm. over and over and over again through the last you know through the the latter half of of chapter two, which is that you know Peter is instructing wives here to really in the same way that in your workplace with your government uh, in front of um, non-believers you should follow the way of Christ and live as an example, hmm. such that your your example itself will be compelling. Hmm. Um, he's drilled all the way down to family life. And I think that to me, this makes me think of the example of um, so many <clears throat> women that as a Christian in my life or before I was a Christian, I was a kid at church, I interacted with. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think it's interesting that he talks about the, um, let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. Um, and like how many Sunday school teachers I had, or you know, who who had that gentle spirit that in, in pointed pointed to Christ, um, and that um, how many women in this church that I see every Sunday mm-hmm. or in small group or wherever have the same thing that mm-hmm. while they may certainly braid their hair and, and adorn themselves mm-hmm. with all kinds of other stuff, that what shines through is the, is that God lives inside you and the way that what He has 
what he is, the way he has changed you permeates every bit of your being and ultimately even impacts your marriage. I mean, I think that, you know, when we talk about today, we, you know, we, the, the sexual revolution is sort of reaching its zenith at this point. Marriage is something that to most people is a contract. You can get married by the government. You can go down. I've, I've been in courtrooms where judges married people, right? Mm -hmm. You just show up, you get a license, the judge, raise your hand. All right, you're married. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. There's nothing deeper to it. Right. And in, in here, this is a further strengthening of the way wives and husbands behave around one another is a reflection of God's purposes behind marriage, that it is something more than just two people agreeing to sort of live together and not like part ways for mm -hmm. a certain you know period of time. Um, and so I think that is, you know, you look at Christ and the church, the church being called his, his bride. And I think it's a message to the church about the gentle spirit we should have in the world that once again calls mm -hmm. calls people to who we are. And then husbands, um, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor um, since they're heirs with you of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered. You know, there's a, um, the the corresponding instruction, um, once again, like with the church, um, you know, Christ died for the church mm -hmm. and um, we are the weaker vessel. Like we are not, you know, the... the Jesus Christ is perfection. Mm -hmm. Um, and we, we, um, I'm sure are as, as people are frustrating and the church is frustrating to him. And I think that, um, it's a beautiful call to women, um, to as wives, let their spirit shine mm -hmm. through such that no, no, um, no misunderstanding or no aspersions can be cast on the, on the, on their marriage or as Christians view marriage together and to husbands, to also not lord it over their wives, but to live with their wives in understanding, which also shows God's design when it comes to marriage. Absolutely. You know, I think this weaker vessel phrase can be like a little bit of a stumbling block, but I would say Proverbs 31 is a great, uh, Jordan and I have been in the beginning parts of the book talking about the image of a suspension bridge and the mm -hmm. two points of tension that create a stable truth in between. Now, if you remove one, uh, the whole thing loses stability. And so, you know, Proverbs 31 is this like the famous, like beautiful mm -hmm. betrayal of like a godly wife. And, you know, it, it really is as a Hobby Lobby as it might <laughs> seem, it really is a, a beautiful passage and, and very profound. Uh, you know, verse 25 is, is pretty famous. Strength and dignity are her clothing and she laughs at the time to come. Uh the woman in Proverbs 31 is like a business owner. Verse 18, she perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp doesn't go out at night. She puts her hand to the distaff and her ha hands hold the spindle. And uh, there's this idea of like this woman who's this very strong, independent, industrious mm -hmm. woman. And so I, I do think that the weaker vessel, the way many of us have probably heard that explain an image is basically a clay pot versus like a china plate. Mm -hmm. And I do think that that is a, a really good image of there's the fragility is actually like this, this beauty mm -hmm. and, you know, this gentle and quiet spirit and that there's actually a, a really rich beauty there that is very distinct and, and to be honored and held up and admired. And that does not mean that they're a weak person mm -hmm or a, a you know kind of damned to fragility and a, at all because we actually see that 
women are commended to strength mm-hmm. and dignity and you know these unique forms of leadership that they are called to that we see in Proverbs 31 of being industrious and, and bringing honor uh, to the family. And I do think another interesting thing here is you know there's this beautiful verse three: don't let your ex- adorning be external, mm-hmm. the braiding of hair, the putting on of gold jewelry, or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. Mm -hmm. And then men are called live with your wives in an understanding way. And so on both sides of the equation, there's this gentleness, there's this humility that we're called to that looks distinct from one another. And yet Mm -hmm. it complements each other so, so well. And, you know, we believe that all believers are called towards gentleness and towards humbling ourselves, you know, in the kingdom of God to make yourself greater is to make yourself lesser and to lower yourself is to be exalted in God's eyes. And so there's so much interesting biblical nuance surrounding this. And, you know, one of my, one of the most helpful breakthroughs to me was uh, reading, I think, First Corinthians 11, which talks about the head coverings and mm-hmm. it's generally avoided, but I think there's actually a great image. It says, that the the head of every wife is her husband and the head of the husband is Christ. The head of Christ is God. Well, that might sound like, okay, women just were made lesser than man, but we don't believe that Christ is lesser than the father. Yeah. In fact, we believe that the father has exalted Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so in that way, the, the role of a husband is to exalt his wife in, in this beautiful way you know, and in this non-competitive way where yeah. the husband is not crushing the wife, the wife is not, in one sense, she's not using shallow beauty to woo the attention of her husband as like the sole glue of their marriage. Mm-hmm. And she's also not competing, but there's understanding and gentleness on both sides of the equations. And that combination creates such a beautiful aroma. You know, I think of Ed and Jan Butler. Mm-hmm. I think of my parents. I, I think of these marriages where you see this really lived out. And no one would think of Todd and Karen Carlisle and think, well, man, Todd just gets his way. And mm-hmm. like Karen's just along for the ride. But I'm grateful to have had modeled for me a marriage where my dad speaks so highly of my mom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she speaks so much into his career into his leadership in the church and it is such a partnership Mm -hmm. where the honor and integrity of both is so held up you know i think of jason and page d's uh you know page is out there like conquering the world doing all forms (laughs) of ministry and supporting d's and d's is supporting her and so partnership is so crucial and mutual respect Mm -hmm. and so it, it should be something that we should it should give us a, a taste for beauty and something to pursue and not this like this awful form of like totalitarianism that we want to avoid. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's misunderstanding what Peter is saying. Yeah. I think I, I, you bringing up the examples. Yeah. It makes me think of my parents mm. It makes me think that when I, and I would just say this, if you're, if you're a single dude out there and you've seen examples of marriages that you really admire, Christian marriages that you think, man, like I really, I really want to have that. I really want to work towards that. I mean, 
talk to those people about what has worked, what has enabled them to keep that beautiful view of what God has and be thinking about that as you're out there, you know, looking for a potential bride. Yeah, um, absolutely. Be looking for like a, the, for that woman of God, that's going to, that's going to create that relationship. It's going to have the, that right attitude. And you are inculcating yourself also the correct attitude. Absolutely. I think so often what we're thinking about, people are thinking about, you know, you want to get married because you don't want to be alone or because you want to fall in love or you, but you're not really thinking about like that our call to marriage is such a higher thing. Mm-hmm. And so be, I mean, go to the older people. I said, as a single person, go to the older people in the church, marriages that have been around for a long time and just, you really admire mm-hmm. and, and talk to them and try to emulate them, learn from them. We have wisdom to pass on. That's part of discipleship. Discipleship mm-hmm. isn't just teaching you about, you know, certain passages in scripture. It's certainly that, but it's also about teaching you how to, how those passages in scripture inform the way you've lived your life over years, over decades. Mm. And so I would just use this as a great time to, to find people, find Christians whose, whose marriages you've admired Amen. and talk to them. Yeah. I was talking to Colin Chance about this at young adults last night. Um, Colin and Taylor, Schwann are getting married and like, they might be married as of this episode airing, <laughs> but, uh, or it's really close at least. But he, he was just kind of asking for some of that, like fourth quarter, engagement mm-hmm. advice i was like man i would say just conceal nothing and work on and with two people who love the lord this this is actually like a really joyful task but work on in your own heart honoring and respecting mm. your spouse because if you think somebody is super hot and super funny but you don't really respect them that mm. much you are going to hate sharing money and decision-making in a house with them. Right. If you think that somebody is beautiful and really intelligent, but you don't really respect them, you don't have a deep, profound respect for them, you're going to hate being bound to them Mm. in all the circumstances of life. But if there's somebody that you love, and of course you think they're beautiful, funny, whatever, it's all important, but you you love them and you have the bumps in the road, but you respect that person as wise and as, you know, just someone worthy of honor. It works, you know, it really works. And it goes both ways is wives respecting their husbands, husbands showing honor to their wives, not, not showing pity or showing, you know, disregard to the woman as the weaker Mm -hmm. vessel, but showing honor. Right. That is very profound. And, um, you know, Jen and I hit three years yesterday and I, I've just found that all the times that the marriage has lost a little sparkle for me in my own heart, it's actually usually not something that I need to work out with Jenna, but sometimes it might be. But usually what it is, is if I do inventory of my heart, I'm honoring myself more than I'm mm. honoring her. Oh, and it's good. it's created this like competitive environment where it's, you know, me versus her or me trying to get her to come along, whatever that takes form to be. But I've found in my limited wisdom that the Lord has given me at this point that if I just work privately on thinking highly of her and speaking highly of her to others, um, which is she is worthy of mm-hmm. and which God has called me to, then that actually makes the marriage really much more sweet and joyful. So it just works, you know, it, it really does. And people will say that it doesn't, but I would say like, go to like 
you know, Ed and Jam Butler and tell them that it doesn't work, you know, <laughs> like, and it's not that these people have perfect marriages, but it's that the word of God holds true. Amen. So beautiful words today. And, uh, you know, just a, a beautiful call to honor one another and for us all to, to seek, uh, one of the fruits of the spirit, which is gentleness. So, and, and to embody the gentle and lowly heart yeah. of Jesus. So for Greg Conley, this is Will Carlisle. Uh, First Peter has been a joy so far, and I know it'll continue to be. So we look forward to seeing you tomorrow on Our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.